You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. we got a lot to cover on today's show. We'll talk some BYU football. A big week ahead for the Cougars, former Cougars in particular, with the NFL Draft on tap later this week. We'll dig into that a little bit. We'll also talk BYU basketball. Two big visitors this week after a big visitor over the weekend in terms of the transfer portal. How are things looking for Mark Pope and company? We'll get to that and also we'll recap the weekend in BYU sports. Plenty to cover ahead on today's show. Let's waste no more time and get right to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 24th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, I am your BYU insider here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, and we are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. All right, uh, quick reminder, we rise at the top, top of the week, maybe checking out for the very first time. There's a really cool thing. I'm, I think I'm pointing right at So right down here in this corner, you can see my little finger there. I guess we'll use this fan right here. You can see that little subscribe uh, for new pods or click for new podcast. What it does is subscribes you to the YouTube channel that we're doing video of. You can look at my lovely face every day if you want. I'm just waving at all the video people out there. But also, you can make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button if you happen to be listening on any of the other podcast providers out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole litany of them. You guys know where they're at. But big thank you once again for those of you who may be joining us for the very first time. or For those of you who have been joining us for, I think we're in the 1,040 range of episodes. If you've been with us since the very beginning, a huge thank you for your support as always. And thank you for being a part of the Locked On Cougars fan base. Let's just put it that way. All right, getting going here on today's show. It's a big week this week. And I yesterday I was kind of thinking about, okay, what do I want to talk about on the podcast? And as I got to thinking about it, I said, you know what? I want to just do a little musing, and what I'm going to call is Monday Musings here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. I want to talk a little BYU football off the top, and that's the reason why I'm musing about this is the fact that the NFL draft is this week. The first round is Thursday, second and third rounds Friday, and then rounds four through seven will be on Saturday. I am fully expecting to hear Tyler Algier's name called either late Friday night, so the tail end of the third round, or very early Saturday when round four begins. That's kind of where he's been sitting in most of the these mock drafts. Of course, you can find mock drafts that support pretty much anything you want when it comes to the NFL draft for whatever player you happen to be rooting for, but Tyler Algier is an absolute lock for BYU to go in this year's draft, and that's obviously a good thing to always have BYU part of the national consciousness when it comes to developing top-end talent. Uh, this year's other guys who have chances, I believe James Empey is the most likely other player to hear his name called. That would probably be, a, man, sixth round at the very, very best. Maybe the seventh round uh, is probably where he lands. If not, uh, at his age, 25, and with his injury history the last two years at BYU, I very easily could see a scenario where he ends up being a undrafted uh, free agent, a priority free agent is what a lot of guys like to call him. They get to deal shortly after the draft ends from a team. And it's a very interesting process how this is all going to play out because guys like Samson Nakua, who I think 
Samson probably moved himself into that kind of that priority free agent uh, realm with his pro day performance. You have literally seconds to decide if you're going to take an offer from X, Y, or Z team when it comes to those undrafted free agent deals. Your agent is getting phone calls and getting bombarded with text messages, and it's essentially uh, so-and-so from the front office, whatever insert name of NFL team here, and they are telling your agent, okay, we have this much money that we're going to offer your player. Are you taking this deal, yes or no? And you have literally seconds to say yes or no. A lot of these agents out there will go through this process, and they'll actually have a cheat sheet, I guess is what I would call it, where they will actually say, okay, if you're going to end up as an undrafted free agent, here are probably the best three to five options in terms of teams that we should pursue options to play for them. Because whether it's a uh, a situation where a team may uh, look to get younger at a position where they may ultimately cut guys or release guys, or you see that, hey, they have a dearth of talent at that position. This could be a good situation for myself to come in as a free agent and prove my worth. That's what you got to look for. You don't want to go to your childhood favorite team that may be stockpiled full of talent at your position and find yourself getting that quote-unquote cup of coffee in the NFL and then saying, hey, thanks for coming. Have a great day. That's what you have to avoid in this situation situation, but it's a big week ahead for BYU players. Uh, I've talked about this on the on the podcast. I, I have a contact with an agent who does a lot of stuff when it comes to the NFL draft. He does a lot more than that, but when it comes to the NFL draft, this guy has really got a handle on what's going on with the national scene and how it relates to BYU. And what he has told me about BYU is this year's draft class for BYU, it's a pretty shallow group because, yes, Tyler Algier, He's a lock to get drafted. And then your big question mark is James Empey. Is he the second Cougar drafted? And does the team take a flyer on Samson Nakua? At the very, very best, pie in the sky, best situation, those three maybe get their names called. Guys like Neil Pau as well as Uriah Leatawa probably get training camp or rookie camp invites to go and show what they can do in those rookie mini camps. But it's going to be a, a kind of a dry year, especially considering the 12 guys who got opportunities last year in the NFL draft led obviously by Zach Wilson but what I have been told this agent told me that yes while this year's class is a little disappointing as compared to last year's class for BYU the 2023 draft class for BYU could maybe be the best they've had in two three decades it could be stocked full of talent if those guys live up to their potential and the names mentioned to me are Keenan Peely Peyton Wilgar Isaac Rex this was a situation if he were to be healthy and goes out there and shows he has no ill effects from that ankle injury injury. He could be in the mix there. You also obviously have to add guys like Christopher Brooks into that mix. Houston Hamulio probably pursued the dream as well. You think Jaron Hall's a part of that. It could be a bumper crop of talent for BYU next year. But the good news is if BYU is becoming a place where guys are getting drafted annually again. That was something that they could not say for many, many years under Bronco Mendenhall's regime. And it goes back even, what was it? Scott Young was the last offensive lineman drafted in 2005 and then it took until 20 2021 for Brady Christensen to end that streak. 16 years without an offensive lineman being picked when it felt like in the 90s, BYU annually had at least one guy who was getting an opportunity in the NFL at that position. So the good news is Kalani Satake and the Cougars are back to putting together annual uh lists of guys the teams are going to come in and check out and be taking in the NFL draft but next year's class that's the one to watch because it could be a quote-unquote bumper crop of talent for BYU being taken in the NFL draft make it a lot more fun similar to what last year was for BYU fans watching guys like Zach Wilson get taken Brady Christensen the three guys at the tail end of the seventh round there including Dax Milne think about that maybe doubled 
10 guys drafted next year, that seems high, but there's a lot of talent in this upcoming draft class for BYU if guys decide to declare early. That's the other thing about this is when do guys decide, okay, I need to take the jump now. If you're a guy like Jaron Hall, who's been a two and potentially a three-year starter, you're going to obviously be older, having served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. you got to make that jump at some point. I think Isaac Rex is in that same boat, having served a mission himself. So it could be an interesting year next year. The good news is, though, the games that BYU has on the docket this season should yield themselves to BYU being in front of NFL talent evaluators on national TV. We just learned this past weekend, and I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. If you didn't, I'm breaking some news to you, I suppose. But the Notre Dame game, BYU and Notre Dame playing October 8th down there at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It got a 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff at 7.30 on the East Coast. It's a primetime window. It will be nationally televised everywhere on NBC. So you're going to be able to see BYU in high definition on over-the-air TV. That's a big deal for the Cougars because they have lived pretty much on the cable realm with ESPN, which isn't a bad thing because ESPN is everywhere it feels like. It's a ubiquitous channel that everybody seems to have. But being on NBC, it's just, there's a there's a prime time feel to it. And that's going to be a big opportunity for BYU. You also have games like Oregon, Baylor, Arkansas on that rec- on that schedule, who are likely going to be games that are on ESPN and potentially could be ABC games as well. And that is going to give guys like a Peyton Wilgar, a Keenan Peely, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, who, insert name of your favorite Cougar on this year's team that you think is an NFL draft talent. Well, that's a guy that's going to have an opportunity to show what they can do. And it's big time to be in prime time on the East Coast. 7.30 Eastern time is a great time for BYU. It will be 4.30 there in Las Vegas. So for those of you who are planning on making the trip and yours truly is included in that list, I think it would be a very, very fun opportunity and a big opportunity all the same for BYU players to show themselves on the very biggest stage against what could be, what, a top 10, top 5 ranked Notre Dame team? It's crazy to think about, but there are big opportunities on the horizon this season for BYU. So just kind of some of my musings about the NFL draft coming up later this week. We'll dig more into this. I'll get more uh, intel on what I can gather about Tyler Algier, James Empey as the week goes on. We'll have that covered for you guys. But coming up next, another big week for BYU basketball. We all know the the craziness that was last week for BYU. We'll talk about how this week is going to be a big week as well here momentarily, but first I need to talk to you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. And the best part is we just talked a lot of BYU football. If you want to support BYU football with your pocketbook, I know that buying tickets to go to games or the concessions, all that does it. But if you want to impact a BYU player directly or BYU players plural directly, buy Built Bars. They have a name, image, and likeness agreement with BYU football, which benefits all BYU football players. The best part is a lot of these walk-ons with the BYU football program who may not have a lot of resources behind them, Built Bar is stepping up and paying their tuition. So if you want to support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football players by extension. And the best part is you're getting an incredible treat in the protein bar game. These macros on these things are absolutely incredible. Just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed into each one of these bars. The best part is if the Built Bar is a little too dense for you guys. The Built Puffs, they are absolutely phenomenal. I've actually got one right here. Uh, let's see what I got. Banana bread. So there you go. That's banana bread flavor. I keep them in my office at all times. They're a snack that I absolutely crave. Your uh, opinions may vary on them. 
I'm a huge fan. Get to Built.com right now, though, and place your order. It's promo code LOCKED15 while you're there. That's Built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Get and join the best tasting protein bars out there and support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends over at Athletic Greens. We just talked about Built Bars and how good they are for you guys. Well, Athletic Greens is also in that same type of a realm, but a different type of product. What it is, is our friends at Athletic Greens are trying to help you guys essentially get healthier by drinking one drink in the morning every single day. It seems too good to be true? Well, listen to this. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, and oh yeah, all of the things under that and a partridge in a pear tree if you want me to add that little tidbit in there. It's a fantastic product, my friends, and the best part is it's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you're eating keto like I am, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it fits with all of them. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good, and the best part is it supports better sleep quality and recovery. It also supports your mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science and with constant product iterations and third-party testing to make sure it is up to snuff. The best part is tons of us are taking some kind of multivitamin. It's important to choose the one with the most high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, and that's what AG1 is here for. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition that is AG1. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, our friends at Athletic Greens are going to help give you as a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college. All right, time to talk a little BYU basketball. And last week was absolutely nuts. It may be the craziest week I have covered BYU hoops in some time. And that's saying something because I've covered a lot of crazy hoops things uh, in my time in the media. But this week is a big week for BYU basketball as well. And more importantly, this is a big week that could have some very good news for BYU basketball. That's the positive. This is not negative stuff. This is not stuff that you want to avoid. This actually could be a very good week for BYU. And let's start off with this. Uh, the deadline for guys to enter the NCAA transfer portal and be immediately eligible their next school is this coming Sunday, May 1st. So anybody who enters the transfer portal up until what? 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on April 30th, uh, the way I understand it, you are eligible to transfer to a new school and be immediately eligible. And you don't have to commit right away to also be eligible. You just have to have your name in the transfer portal to make that immediate eligibility a thing for you. So hopefully that makes sense on that front. But the good news for BYU is they had Frederick King in for a visit this past weekend. I was under the impression he was in and out for a 24-hour visit. We actually extended it to 48-plus 
hours. He checked out everything for BYU. And you can't tell me that Colin Chandler, the big signing from the early signing window for BYU men's basketball, who's about to embark on mission on his, on his mission later this summer, he happened to be on campus the very same day to help recruit Frederick King. You can't tell me those two things are related. No, they are. And that's a positive sign if you're worried about Colin Chandler potentially being a guy who could transfer to Utah. Is it out of the realm of possibility that Colin Chandler could say, you know what, Utah's where I've always wanted to be after his mission and decided to transfer? Yes, he could make that uh, part of what he wants to do. But if he's down here recruiting, uh, speaking down here relatively, if he's down in Provo recruiting a guy like Frederick King, who may, he may only play one year with potentially, or maybe none at all, depending on how mission stuff lays out, etc., that's actually a very good sign, I feel like, for Colin Chandler and his buy-in to the BYU basketball program. It wasn't tied up in just what Chris Burgess was doing, and Burgess wasn't the reason he picked BYU, apparently, because if that was the case, he would have already announced, hey, I want to be released from my national letter of intent. I want to look at new opportunities, and a few days later, he may have ended up at Utah. That's not what's happening. But this week could get even better for BYU with two high-level guards coming in for a visit. Rudy Williams, who we have talked about on the podcast, but a refresher for you guys, he's a transfer from Coastal Carolina who previously played one season at Kansas State, so he has Big 12 experience already. He's a six-foot-two point guard. He averaged 14.7 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 3.7 assists last year for the Chanticleers down there in Coastal Carolina. But then the more important thing is this. He shot 51% from the field 45% from three he is a dead-eye sharpshooter who would be a welcome addition for BYU and have good size to boot at point guard for the Cougars well he's not the only guy and he's expected to visit Wednesday according to Robbie McCombs I think Jeff Goodman also put that out there uh, saying that he's going to come in for a visit on Wednesday but then also Antoine Davis who we also have talked about on this podcast is expected to visit BYU this week as well Antoine Davis you think that the shooting numbers for Rudy Williams are good well the scoring numbers for Antoine Davis are just berserk. This is a guy in four years, four years of Division I basketball has averaged 24.6 points per game. Yes, he has averaged north of 25 points for four years. He's got one year remaining, obviously, with that COVID year, and he's looking to take advantage of name, image, and likeness deals. That is what his father, who was his coach at Detroit Mercy, where he's coming from, has stated multiple times. Well, this is a guy who could come in and be maybe the best scoring sensation since Jimmer Fredette. And I know that that sounds blasphemous in a way to a BYU fan, but he is absolutely lights out. He can score at every level. At the rim, in the mid-range, from three, he's got the range to take it out seemingly to a logo and fire it away and score. He's gone north of 40 points four times in his career. He has a career-high scoring number of 48 points. This guy can absolutely fill it up. He is not the same size as a guy like Rudy Williams. He's pretty slight of build, though. Six foot one, 165 pounds, but he has got all of the ability to score and be just an absolute sensation for BYU. The big deal for both of these guys will will be BYU coming in and saying, okay, this is how we intend to utilize you. This is where we believe you fit in our offense. And I am of the opinion if you were able to land both Frederick King and one of these two guards, whether it's Rudy Williams or Antoine Davis that picks BYU and Heck, if even uh, both of them pick BYU, that'd just be the ice cream and cherry on top of everything 
going on with BYU basketball. You would have a bonafide score on the guard line for BYU. You'd have an emerging young talent as a big man who could come in and play the five spot right away. I know that Atiki Ali Atiki is a guy that BYU fans think is probably going to be the starting center for BYU next year. Frederick King is raw, but he's further ahead than Atiki Ali Atiki, and he probably would be a true freshman starting center for BYU, thereby also allowing Fush Traore to move over to that four spot and play more of his natural position as an undersized power forward, but still very effective in that role. If you get Frederick King, and then you also add one of the two guards we have talked about in either Antoine Davis or Rudy Williams, that is a huge and great week for BYU. It'd be one of those weeks you celebrate because all of a sudden, the outlook for BYU basketball looks markedly different because you have a high-level scoring guard who can shoot really well, brings the offense, and Frederick King, yes, he is raw, but one thing he can do, he can slam the basketball on guys' heads. He did that at the NBA Latin America Academy, and you see those highlight films of him he just dunking on fools that's the best part he's also got some range he can shoot out to the three-point line uh, allegedly and i've seen some of the film of him shooting in the mid-range pretty natural stroke but he'll still need to hone that craft a little bit so it could be a big week ahead for byu now let's also make sure i'm very clear i don't know if i cleared this up earlier you have to enter the transfer portal by may 1 to be eligible immediately you don't have to have made your declaration of where you're going to go by may may 1 so a commitment from uh, one, two, or three of these guys may not come for a week plus or weeks uh, to come, but the good news is BYU is attracting eyeballs from high-level talent in the transfer portal, and this is not the end of the transfer portal saga for BYU. Let's also be very straight up about that. Mark Pope, he's going to continue to look anywhere and everywhere he can to find the best talent for his squad. The good news is this week could be a very big week, and you thought people were out on Mark Pope last week. Well, if he pulls off some recruiting wins in the week or 10 days or so out to come, suddenly people are going to be right back in on the Cougars. It's kind of funny how fandom can go, but hey, it's short for fanatic, and I get why fans are in and out all the time. But the good news is, BYU basketball doing some work in the transfer portal, and it looks like it could be a very, very fun week ahead. And by the way, one other thing uh, on the King front, Robbie McCombs pointed this out. If you want a hook to get that kid to commit to BYU, you tell him you're playing in front of your uh, hometown fans in a way when you play for the Battle for Atlantis, the BYU, that tournament down there in the Bahamas, which BYU will take part in in November. Well, that just so happens that King is a native of the Bahamas. So... Nice little hook in that regard if you wanted to use that as a, as a recruiting chip, and I guarantee BYU did this past weekend. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll round out the day uh, with our latest when it comes to our top 50 player countdown. Number 48 of the greatest players of the independent era for BYU. We'll talk about that and also recap the weekend that was in BYU sports. Real quick before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sport betting stats and sports information needs. Actually, it's Somebody asked me, I do this ad a lot, and they actually asked me, this is going back, I think it might have been earlier last week, last week at some point, I recall, asked me, actually asked me, Jake, have you ever been on BetOnline site? I said, yes, I have. I actually have used that site, and I actually bet most recently as yesterday. So don't tell my mom. She's not a big fan of me, you know, spreading some Skittles around, but BetOnline is the number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season as well. By the way, I know that it sounds weird to be using a betting site. It's actually been a lot of fun. I'm actually up for the year, so that's a positive. It's something that goes up and down. It fluctuates, but it's still very fun to do. If you want to kind of add to your sports fandom, 
Betting's kind of a fun way to do it. Put some skittles on some of these games. It adds to your excitement factor and give it a shot. Uh, BetOnline continues to be your source for all of your sports wagering information. You can do live betting with the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you. I'll throw up their little graphics so you guys can see what it looks like. Uh, that's The website is betonline.net. You also can use your mobile device to check it out as well. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, time to talk a little more BYU football for a moment. What we've been doing over the past week, we kicked off last week what we're calling our top 50 player countdown. And the way I've done it this year, I usually do 100 players or 100 something. This year I decided, you know what, I'm kind of stuck on, do I want to do 100 greatest players of all time for BYU? Do I want to do 100 whatever? Well, I had a great suggestion uh, to actually split it. Do 50 of what we call are calling the old timers. So 50 players from 2010 and earlier. And then from 2011 on, the independent era, we're also doing a 50-player countdown from that list. So we did three of the old timers last week and two of the independent era. Today we continue with the independent era at number 48. I'm actually going to talk about a guy who celebrated his birthday yesterday, and that is former BYU tight end Richard Wilson. Yes, the man out of Spanish Fork High School, six foot three, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Played for BYU for only part of the independent era. He started his career as a Cougar in two thousand nine, so when BYU was a member of the Mountain West Conference. But he's a highly thought of talent coming out of American Fork High School. If I'm not mistaken, he was a top five considered uh, tight end type talent, but it never materialized for Richard Wilson for whatever reason. He never became what I thought he could have been for the Cougars. I also think he played in the wrong era in some ways. I am of the opinion that Richard Wilson, had he played in this current BYU offense, you see do, see guys like Mason Wake doing some good things. We all expect uh, Houston Haymuley to have a big role at that wingback position. I think Richard Wilson would be an absolute star in that position for BYU. He wasn't necessarily a Dennis Pitta where he was able to play that split-out tight end spot perfectly. He also wasn't an inline tight end either. That wingback position, I think, would have been almost tailor-made for a guy like Richard Wilson. Nonetheless, he was a four-year letterman for BYU, played in, in 50 games over his career as a Cougar uh, from uh, 2010 all the way through 2013. Uh, the good news was is that he uh, battled back from multiple uh, knee injuries. I think actually one major one. He had an ACL, I believe it was in 2011. In 2011, he had the ACL injury, battled back from it. He finished his career with 24 catches, 308 total yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, the more important thing is, is Richard Wilson just was a guy who I always enjoyed talking to when he was at BYU. This was very early on in my media career, and trust me, I was asking some absolutely horrendous questions, and I wasn't the interviewer, and I'm, by the way, I don't consider myself an expert interviewer to this day, but some of those interviews, you go back and listen to those, whew, not pretty. The good news was a guy like Richard Wilson never uh, seemed to big time. That's the good news. He would just He's a guy who would take your questions in stride, answer them to the best of his ability, which is the fun personality to have for BYU. There are some out there who thought he probably should have switched to playing linebacker. In the era he played in, linebacker probably would have been the play for him if you were to look back on it for me. But I'm telling you, if Richard Wilson is playing in this day and age, because he played a decade ago, if he was playing in this day and age and in the offense that BYU has now, I think he'd be an absolute sensation at that wingback slash fullback spot that BYU plays. The Mason Wake role. Richard Wilson would absolutely kill it in that spot, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, but he's number 48 
in our uh, top 50 players of the independent era. And let me be clear about the independent era. I actually had a conversation uh, over uh, social media with uh, Joe Sampson, who we highlighted last Thursday. And Joe said, hey, I don't necessarily agree with being number 49. And if Joe's listening to this, Joe, let me explain. The 50 moniker it really is just 50 players that I enjoyed covering during my decade-long uh media career that's my career essentially in the media realm coincides with the independent era for BYU so I'm talking about the top 50 players that I covered during those 10 plus years that we've had BYU as an independent program so uh being number 49 versus being number 34 I feel like they're almost uh you can just kind of flip-flop them that's just that kind of how I see it but I get why you, oh, I'm far down the list. I get that. The only way to delineate, I guess, was to count it down. But nonetheless, uh, it's been a lot of fun to do. And tomorrow we'll talk about another one of the old timers. We'll switch back over to the pre-2010 type players and talk about one of the great players of BYU years past. All right, quickly before we go here, let's catch up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. BYU baseball lost a heartbreaker to San Diego 4-3 in the series finale Saturday. The Cougars also lost Friday 8-3 to lose the series overall. They did win the series opener 11-7 on Thursday. BYU Baseball now 22 and 15 on the season, 8 and 7 in West Coast Conference play. They will be hosting UVU in their Crosstown Clash Rivalry Series tomorrow. Will be the final matchup between the Wolverines and the Cougars. That first pitch is set for 6 p.m. on BYU TV and the BYU Sports Network. And the Cougars will be on the road this weekend at USF. BYU softball rolled past San Diego to sweep their series over the weekend with scores of 5 0, 7 4, and 11 0 over the weekend. Uh, BYU is now 29 and 10, 4 and 2 in West Coast Conference play. The men's and women's tennis programs rounded out their regular season this past weekend. Men's tennis suffered 4-0 and 4-1 defeats at Pacific and St. Mary's, respectively, over the weekend to end their regular season. The WCC tournament for Dave Porter and company will begin later this week. The women's team had a good finish to the season with a 6-1 win over Pacific and a 4-2 victory over St. Mary's. They will also be opening uh, the WCC tournament later this week. Uh, that'll be, I believe it's in California this year. I'm not 100% certain on that. I'll have more information later this week for you guys on that. Also, two other things we need to note here. Actually, three things. Women's golf. They were the runner-up at the WCC Championships with a 39 overall score. Annie Hakovich, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, let me know. Uh, She finished second uh, in second place solo as well. Uh, The number 37 ranked Cougars will now await to see if they make the NCAA regional field as an at-large team that is expected to begin May 9th. So that, uh, regional pairings should be out later this week. We'll have more information if the Cougars do make that. The men's golf program had their home match, a home meet of the season or home tournament. Yeah, tournament of the season. Man, I'm a golfer and I can't even get that out of my uh, mind. But they defended their home turf with an impressive seven-shot victory in the Ping Cougar Classic at Riverside Country Club this past weekend. Cougars as a team shot 32 under. They were 12 under over the final 10 holes to run away from San Diego in that seven-shot victory. Carson Lundell was having a tough day in the bad condition any of you who were here along the Wasatch Front over the weekend know how bad it was. They were playing golf in that. Well, he got a pep talk actually from BYU legend Danny Ainge and then went out there and absolutely rocked it in the final round with a 65, the tie for individual championship honors with Andy Shue from San Diego, both of them shooting an 11-under overall score. The Cougars are now number 50 in the country with that win, should move up in the national rankings. They'll be taking part in the West Coast Conference Championships later this week in Henderson, Nevada at the Lake Las Vegas Golf Club. So, 
If you're down there in Las Vegas and want to go watch the Cougars in golf, uh, you can do that later this week. It starts Thursday, I believe, in the WCC Championships. Now, the final note, I'll save the best for last because this is really, really impressive. Poor weather uh, marred the Robinson Invitational for the men's and women's track and field teams this past weekend, but one major standout was women's javelin sensation Ashton Reiner-Lunt, who broke and then re-broke her already BYU school record in the javelin. The impressive part about this, uh, she had a throw of 60.36 meters, or that is a grand total of 198 feet and a half inch. The crazy thing about this is apparently Nicholas Arrhenius, who's the throws coach for BYU track and field, said the 60-meter mark is kind of an international uh, delineation. If you throw over 60 meters in the javelin, you can compete internationally. The impressive part about this is it's the top mark of the season in the entire NCAA outdoor season. So Ashton Reiner-Lunt is now atop the NCAA right now as it stands for women's javelin. She also is ninth. Yes, ninth in the world with her throw of 198.5. That's absolutely insane. Congratulations to her. And if that last name sounds familiar, it should. She is married to BYU tight end Lane Lunt. Talk about an impressive athletic feat. The men's and women's track and field teams, they continue their outdoor season. They're headed to three different meets this week. Most of the teams are going to compete at the Desert Heat Classic in Tucson, Arizona. The men's distance team will send runners to the Stanford's Peyton Jordan Invitational. And then the women's distance teams will compete at the prestigious Penn Relays in Philadelphia. So there you go. You are up to speed on everything you need to know about BYU fan here on a month at BYU fan, BYU sports on a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with more on the NFL draft, more on what's going on with BYU basketball as it comes out. We'll have it all covered for you guys. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, as always. And now we'll go make our friends over the Locked On NFL Draft your second listen of the day. Absolutely phenomenal content, bringing the draft to life every single day. Check it out. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 24th, 2022.